0: Welcome to our Q&A with our lead team and campus pastors here. And so uh, the first question that I have for you, and I just want you to go down the line, let us know what campus you're from, and then let us know just how are you doing right now? How are you doing today with all this going on? So I'll start with you, Andrew. Andrew, Liberty Hill. I feel, feel kind
1: of weak in the knees, a little, little little antsy, but not because of any coronavirus. I'm just, I'm just nervous to do this, this live feed, <laughs> to be honest with you. <laughs> But other than that, I'm doing great. I'm the time of my life. I don't get to usually hang out with these guys on Sunday mornings, so I'm very happy about that.
2: That's true. I don't see any of you on Sundays ever, so th- that is one benefit. Uh, I'm Brent Parsley. I'm One Chapel Kyle. And um, did you hear people screaming from home? I heard it. It's being annoying even online. Um, and uh, I, we're, we're doing we're doing well. Um, this This past week was kind of the first time where... I felt some, some real anxiety, uh, like going to the store and seeing shelves kind of emptied out. And it was the first time I went, whoa, wait, wait, wait a minute. Usually I'm pretty even keel, and, but, but I really experienced my first little bout. And as um, I've had conversations with people this week, I've, been, I've also been encouraged uh, because there is a, a, certainly a light and a faith and a trust that people have had. And we're having great conversations with our kids at home. And so um, a little anxious, but, but we're doing good. My name is Ross Parsley, and I'm the lead pastor of One Chapel,
3: campus pastor at Austin, and I think I'm doing pretty good. The, the I, don't, I have never done this much research on any other subject. <laughs> and so it's just a lot of information, a lot of sorting. Like a, like one day to the next, it was really like changing. And so trying to stay updated so you weren't behind has really been Challenging, and so it, that that's been a little heavy. I've prayed a lot, but I, I you know I think the Lord is faithful, and and I, I feel like we're going to meet the challenge.
4: Hi everybody, I'm Kim Swafford, and I think that I can explain it like my eyes are wide open, like wow, watching everyone and just the reactions on social media and the news, and um, but I I think I have to be reminded that God is in control, and that. I've decided to think of it as an adventure and a real opportunity for us in the Lord. So that's how my attitude and how I'm looking at it. So, it's I'm good. waiting to see what we do with it. It's good.
5: And I'm uh, Russ Walker. I'm the campus pastor for Lake Travis, and it's complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, my family, in particular, I my second daughter is a nurse, and she is getting married and in April, so just about four weeks away. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of uncertainty wrapped around that. My my youngest son is supposed to graduate in May from college and he doesn't know if they're gonna have school the rest of the year and if graduation is gonna be pushed into August. My oldest daughter's supposed to move to Australia in June Mm -hmm. And uh, right now, that's not even a possibility. They're not letting um, people even go into Australia, um, unless you're a national. And so um, my immediate family is just, there's a lot of uncertainties, a lot of complexity. My parents were actually supposed to drive into town today. They're in their 80s and my dad is diabetic. And so he is in the highest risk category for this. And so should they come? Should they not? You know, it's all those questions are being asked really all throughout my family. And it was funny because um, Friday I ended up going to the grocery store unbeknownst that everybody else was thinking the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And uh, I noticed that around uh, um, H-E-B was uh, a lot of traffic, but... You know, that didn't really hit me until I drove into the parking lot and there was not a parking space to be found. And all of a sudden I felt my heart just start beating Mm -hmm. and as soon as Mm -hmm. I found a parking spot, um, I I felt like I needed to run, you know, run into the grocery store (laughs) to see what was left and only to become, when I walked into the grocery store, I mean, there was just a ton of people, lines all the way around inside the grocery store. Um, But at the same time, even though I felt my heart just pacing a little bit faster, The thing I realized at the right at the beginning and uh, throughout the two hours that I was stuck in HEB was that everybody was in that same just that same place, just Mm -hmm. that uncertainty. And what is this? And Mm -hmm. you know, the thing about fear is that it is catching. You know, fear catches, Mm -hmm. but you know, so does joy, so does peace. Mm. And uh, you know, so I just I just began to settle myself in that and and try, smile, I did a lot of smiling, and uh, (laughs) let people get in front of me, uh, and in the line, and there's a lady that you didn't know where the line started, I just let her come right in front of me, (laughs) and you know, and I I thought it was an opportunity, even though my own heart was pacing a little bit, to show peace, and extend joy, and friendship in the middle of it. So good, good. so good.
0: Okay, so next kind of big question for this team that we've got is, why did we move to online only for this weekend? Why did we move to online only for this weekend and for the next weekend as well? I think that
3: answer is a complicated one. And depending on where you've been getting your information, you hear different things. Um, I think for us, we as we were talking, and you guys can add to this if you have another thought about it, but it really came down to what city officials and health Professionals were saying about this, and what was to come, uh, and and asking for some social distancing, which good news for all the introverts, right? Does social distance, <laughs> but uh, but I do think that I do think that I had to contextualize it, and the best way I could contextualize it was Jesus telling us that the greatest commandment is to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, but he, the second one is just as important in fact it's interactive with the first one it's to love your neighbor as yourself and I think in in the face of uh, doubt or uncertainty about what was really happening I think we were just trying to be an organization that has that at our as our highest goal we're going to take care of people first and if there is danger if there's if there's some really important Uh, significant problems that people are going to face by gathering then we wanted to out of an abundance of caution really love our neighbors as our first idea and so that's that's how it happened for me it's good Um, Uh, can i say one more thing about that (laughs) of course i can (laughs) we got time (laughs) and 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 i i i posted a link within my first email to the church about uh, how we were going to uh, not meet together publicly, but we were going to meet online. And it's embedded in that email. You can go look it up. I will also post some, some helpful articles that I think have been really instructive about what is called flattening the curve. And many of you are starting to understand what that means. And the spike of this thing could be really dramatic. That's what that's what the fears are all about is it's it's not as if uh, this thing is, um, you know, just like the flu. It, it, it spikes in a way because of the gestational period or the or the, the dynamic of a seven day. And please, and please don't hold me to any facts that I say today because tomorrow some new ones will probably come out and then, and then we'll have to kind of reframe. We just put a disclaimer that says not an actual scientist. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, but, but, but listen. That but should listen. be on
1: every post that's been posted this week, probably not an.
3: As you go through the, as you go through the process, you realize it's unseen. Um, for a longer period of time. You don't know if you really have it. And so the spike can be incredible. And so we're trying to, so the more social distancing you have, the more you flatten the curve. And we're trying to do our part in that. And finally, I guess I'll just say this. We are convinced that the church is the church, whether we get together in a building with guitars and drums or not. Guitars and drums don't make the church the 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 big giant gathering of the church we can be the church wherever we are because whether in caves or cathedrals the church has always gathered and we can figure out how to gather in our time
0: and in this cultural moment yeah that's good good okay a lot of other questions uh, getting some really good stuff um so someone on Facebook just asked, is there any way we can help the elderly in each of our local communities, like grocery shopping or meal deliveries, anything one chapel is doing? Uh, I, I think we
2: shouldn't, at, at this point, underestimate the importance of just a phone call. <laughs> like I think we should start there. Uh, some, some of them in, in our neighborhoods and people in our church may be just alone in their house Wondering, and so now's the time to kind of look through and think around the auditorium where you attend church, and people that you see, and you kind of know, and do a little research, and just make a phone call, reach out to them. How you doing? What's going on? But I've actually heard stories about people doing stuff like this. Um, there's a people uh, finding out who those people are in their community, and then asking them, "Hey, what's your grocery list?" And let me go get that for you. Now, that might freak some people out. So I've actually other, seen other people. They've wrote, written a note and said, hey, I'm your neighbor. Because maybe they haven't met yet. And we should hopefully all have met by now. But uh, but some haven't. So they wrote a little note. I'm your neighbor. Here's my phone number. If you need anything, mm-hmm. or uh, just give me a text or, shoot, or give me a call. Uh, but also hey, sh- send me your grocery list and let me run out. And of course, now it's really easy because you can curbside, you mm-hmm. can you can have it delivered straight to their house. I mean, there's lots of opportunity mm-hmm. to do that. So I think all of us can look right now, Maria and I are talking about this in our own neighborhood, who can we help, what do we need to do just as individuals? And then I think we're in discussion about how the church can really participate in that overall.
3: Mm-hmm. It's
2: good.
0: Um, getting a lot of versions of this question. And so this from Rebecca, she says, how do we balance the mandate to distance ourselves socially and stay home and still be the church and meet with people and love on them? There are a lot of those sort of questions. How, or should we lay hands on the sick? The Bible talks about that. So someone asked a version of that question. Where's the responsibility of kind of faith and faithfulness? Like how do we, how do we deal with that? Thoughts on that? That's a big one.
4: I think it goes back to uh, this idea of the neighbor. If if we know our neighbors and, and uh, we're going to go to the grocery store, we're probably going to go to the pharmacy. We're going to go to those places, and we're going to we're going to cross people's paths, and that's the opportunity to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. I've been reading through Acts, and uh, it's interesting to me when when there was persecution or famine, the things that they didn't ask for. You know, this virus we didn't ask for, and it caused the the church, the body, to scatter. And uh, even though they probably did not like it as individuals, but it helped to spread the good news. Mm. So I believe that we have to be conscious of the fact when we go out or walk up the, down the street or reach out to our neighbors, just like what Brent was talking about, that we're using that for an opportunity for the gospel. And just ask the Lord, just use me, Lord. I want to be your hands and your feet And it is amazing what he'll do through that by just taking this opportunity and we can reach out to people and love them.
2: Yeah, I think, too, uh, the scriptures do say to lay hands on, but but God is not limited to that activity. (laughs) Ross has said numerous times in this process that there's no distance in prayer. And so wherever you are, however you're praying for somebody, God can move in that. And it is unprecedented. So I think we have to start looking for ways to gather together according to people's comfort. Just have the conversation. Hey, how you doing? You want to get together for coffee? Oh, I don't know. Okay, well, let's FaceTime. Let's Zoom. Let's make sure that we're still connecting face-to-face, even if it's over a screen. I, I deeply believe that the Holy Spirit can move through all of those circumstances. There's no distance in prayer. And
3: I think it's pretty important to understand that the most vulnerable among us, the elderly, those with underlying health issues, those are the people who are really in an in immense amount of danger where this particular virus is concerned. The vast majority of people will be able to endure it, will be able to withstand it. But what we're, ta- so, so first and foremost, if you feel sick at all, don't go. Don't go to your small group don't i mean you guys should be talking in your small groups group leaders should we you guys should be engaging in conversation texting one another making sure each other's okay but but if you're sick you stay home you you know everybody wash your hands right you've heard it a million times but my wife and i were at the sink yesterday and we were washing our hands and i heard a doctor say you sing happy birthday twice Oh my gosh, that is a long time <laughs> for washing your hands. If you do it, but you got to scrub and you got to do under the fingernails, you got to do all that stuff. So it's this blending of wisdom and faith. We this faith and faithfulness. I like that idea. Faith is believing that God is in charge and that we can act in a way that, that has his purpose in mind and he will help us. And then faithfulness is being good stewards of the knowledge, the information we've been given and we take care of that and we take care of the most vulnerable among us. That's really at the end of the day what this is about because if the, just one more time without being a scientist, if the number spikes really huge, then that vulnerable population grows as well. And, and it can get out of control, and that's what you're
0: seeing in Italy, and that's what you're seeing in China. Um, a lot of questions. Uh, this one in particular is about Latinas in unity. Is my group happening this week? But a lot of different questions like, hey, is my group happening this week? How do I know if it's on? How do I know if it's not? Uh, how do they know that? So how is that decision being made, and how do they know that is the question we're getting from a lot of different people?
1: Well, the main thing would be is just be in contact with your group leader, and we've, we've empowered group leaders to make that call. On their own, there are many groups that still will be meeting because, you know, basically a, a smaller group is is not considered uh, that much of, of a risk. Uh, but if for some reason someone, if you feel sick, obviously don't go. But if, if you, as you talk with your group leader and you feel like may, maybe you shouldn't meet this week, that's fine. Uh, you can do other things like meet on Zoom or uh, FaceTime or, or however you meet. But uh, I know I've got a couple of groups that are meeting this week and right now we plan, plan to meet. I love to hang out with people, and I plan to, to continue to do that as long as I feel, feel good about it and everybody else does.
0: Yeah, any other thoughts on that?
3: We'll be communicating with group leaders every single week, probably multiple times in the near future, just to, as we monitor the situation. There's, there's gonna be a lot of calls that we have to make, um, but we want people to feel empowered. We want group leaders to feel that empowerment, but we will be in touch with them um, maybe on a daily basis as we go through this process.
0: You gotta also say, like, this is technology right now. Like it's incredible. I'm watching the online feed, mm-hmm. seeing how all of you are sharing and mm-hmm. sharing comments. Yep. It's incredible what you can do with a laptop, with a yep. phone, with your TV. There's lots of ways to stay connected. Yep. So I think a big thing that we're telling everyone is stay connected. Don't isolate. Even if you're not in the same place, be checking in on each other, be praying for each other. Find real practical ways to stay connected. And that's really the goal. The goal isn't necessarily being in the physical space. It's kind of praying and talking with your group, but stay connected. To don't isolate mm-hmm. in this time. I'm talking to you introverts. Can I, can I say one <laughs> thing about that?
3: Yeah, please. As I've prayed about this a lot and I've talked to other pastors, I really do believe that our society has been suffering from a sense of isolation. Right? People don't want to be lonely. They want community, but they don't know how to get it or they're unwilling to do the hard work of trying to get it. And it's interesting that this is going to force all of us to reevaluate what that means in our lives. And I think God has a purpose. He creates a purpose out of everything that happens. He doesn't need to create any terrible things. That's not his business. He's in the blessing business. He doesn't, he doesn't have to manufacture anything bad for us to grow and learn. That happens in the world already. But this is an opportunity for the church of Jesus Christ to be truly connected in a way we haven't been before. In a way that we might have even been resistant to if we just attend church. If we just show up on a Sunday and sit in rows. This is going to force us to evaluate whether or not we're gonna sit in circles rather than in rows. And I
0: think we've got to do that. That's good. Uh, this is the final question for the Q&A time, but I'd encourage everyone kind of keep asking those questions because we'll respond to every single question, uh, either online or with an email or something like that. Um, but the last question for you all is um, the One Chapel community is asking, is there anything that we can do for you, for our campus pastors, for our leaders? How can we support you during this time?
5: Yeah, I think uh, I, I know, and I think all of us, we, we've expressed it, that um, people have already been reaching out to us. Obviously, we're in connection with a lot of different people, and, and uh, even as you heard my own personal story with our own family, we are incredibly appreciative of your, of your prayers and the wisdom just in taking um, all of these next steps. Um, at the same time, I, I think you know, I, we're, we all are doing really well. And, uh, and I think it's, it's bringing some things out of us that is really important. Um, and I would say don't get so distracted about us, but really reach out to those who are around you. I, I just wanna add a little side thing on here, because I, you know, I know um, we've t- spoken a lot about this idea of loving your neighbors. This is really where it gets played out. And it's the same for us as it is for all of you. And uh, um, we, back in October, Courtney and I and some people on our, our road, we did a block party in October. And uh, um, got all of our neighbors together, and had a block party. Well, interestingly enough, that is a great platform now to in this situation. Um, what Brent was talking about, just going to our neighbors, we now know each other on our, on our street, and we know which ones are the older community and uh, um, and being able to reach out to them and say, hey, can we help in any sort of work in grocery store and stuff. And so, um, I did just know that we are all just still accessible. And as things are coming and going, you all have access to us by email and phone numbers and uh, we are incredibly accessible and, and can come and meet with you in, in, in location or with on phone or uh, as we talked about in the Zoom or FaceTime, any of those type yep. of things, we're still very accessible.
3: Yep, yep. and I believe that The Church of Jesus Christ is uniquely equipped with gifts and skills and individual uniqueness within the body. Don't underestimate the power of the Holy Spirit speaking to you about ideas. Don't rely on just us. If it's just us coming up with the ideas, it'll be limited to these few people. The body of Christ is deep and rich with ideas and innovation about how to love one another and how to take care of each other. be be willing to come up with your own ideas about how to care for people,
4: and share those ideas with us. Yeah, because the yeah. more people thinking more about this, more innovation, more yeah. stories. Then uh, we can all do those things that possibly you've come up with that we haven't thought about.
0: It's good. Yeah, that's good. And so um, I would just encourage everyone, be faithful during this time. I'm looking at the numbers. We have three ways to watch online. We have Facebook. We have onechapel.com, and we also have a YouTube channel right now. And we have you know, people from all around the country watching, tuning in. So keep coming to church. Online church is church, so keep coming to church. Stay faithful, stay connected, and we're going to get through this as a church family. Thank you to our campus pastors. Great yeah, job. That's awesome. So just stay right
3: here, guys. I'm just going to share briefly. Um, I want to I want to share a little bit here, uh, uh, just for a few minutes, and I want to open up the scriptures in a kind of a different way. We've just launched this uh, series called uh, dis, uh, 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 a series called What Went Wrong, and it's a series on disappointment. And so many of you are dealing with disappointments right now. There's like disappointment after disappointment as we try to navigate what we're experiencing together. And some of you are like, there are interruptions in your plans. You have vacations that are being canceled. You have, you know, issues with money. Some of you are losing like a bonus at work or, or you're really disappointed in the stock market, you know? Um, maybe you're watching your cash flow go down. And anyone who is sick or has the flu, this is a huge, a great disappointment. And the truth is some disappointments are more severe than others. And we have to realize that, but all disappointments are important. And, and the reality is this is not a competition about who could be disappointed the most. We're all wrestling with our current Moment, in our culture, it's affecting all of us. And if you're feeling stressed out, you're not alone. There's uh, many people sharing their worries all over the internet, <laughs> and um, the whole there's a whole online culture of de- that's devoted to like like sharing what is going on with people's feelings. Experts will tell you, and lots of articles are being written about this that overloading on information about events like the coronavirus outbreak can make you particularly anxious, even fearful, especially if you're stuck inside with little to do except to scroll through Twitter and Facebook, which I don't necessarily recommend. When something like this happens, we want to do something. Like we want to we fix it. Some of us, we go out and exercise. That's probably a pretty good thing to do go out and exercise be outside a little bit some of us go to netflix and we are looking for our next binge worthy show right and so it appears that all of us end up going to the grocery store at the same time but but here's what here's what most of us do most of us we really want the facts we want to get all the facts we want to we become researchers like we're like we are online. We read everything. We're trying to figure it out. Think about it. Two weeks ago, very few of us knew anything about COVID-19. Now we're all experts on science and sociology. You know, it's like there's a, there's a phrase that I've been hearing a lot recently, and I've heard it on several news outlets. It's this idea of facts over fear. Facts over fear. It's been a common theme, and as we're dealing with this outbreak, and the idea is once you have the facts, then your fear subsides, and it's true that the unknown is really the tool of the enemy for most of us. It, 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 when we have an unknown, we are prone to worry. It creates anxiety and fear, and so knowing the facts is an essential part of the process when fear is staring you down. I'd, I would never argue against facts, right? Like, they're important. Jesus is the one who said, you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. He was speaking of himself, of course, but I want you to know, I'm a believer in knowing as much as possible about things that are going on around me, and as Jesus followers, hear me, one chapel, we should never check our brains at the door. We need to be thoughtful Because our faith is not blind. It's not purely spiritual. It's physical. There's actions involved with our faith. There are emotions involved in our faith. Our faith is intellectual as well. Our faith is a reasoned faith, a thoughtful theology. And it it is intellectually rigorous. The church fathers over centuries have made sure of that. You see, our faith was handed down to us through Jesus and through the apostles. Our faith has adhered to essential and significant principles since the giving of the law of Moses. And it has lasted well beyond the formation of the Nicene Creed in 325 AD. And so I don't want anyone to think that I'm opposed to facts, or one chapel is in any way not interested in facts. Facts are important. They're part of the world we live in, the way we learn. They they play a significant role in science and in study of the world around us, in research. Facts are influential, and they lead us to interesting and inspirational discoveries. Facts are the bedrock of breakthroughs in medicine, agriculture, and technology. Facts are really helpful when you're facing emotionally charged Decisions. Facts are invaluable when facing failure and addictions. Facts are essential in battling destructive behaviors. But interestingly enough, facts do not necessarily create freedom. Facts do not always create a release from fear. Sometimes facts can be manipulated, misunderstood, or dismissed altogether. Facts, while while incredibly helpful in many situations, are simply not enough to overcome fear. Sometimes, facts actually reinforce fear. When there's a cancer diagnosis, when a child has been abused, when a failure has been revealed, when a homicide has been discovered. So if If facts are not the ultimate solution to fear, then what is? Well, some might say, face. Of course, face. That sounds like the the right answer. Surely, faith is the diametrically opposing foe of fear. Like the kryptonite to its Superman. The 20-second soap and warm water hand-washing to its coronavirus. Of course, faith is really significant. It's important in the scriptures. Hebrews 11, 6 says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists or in other words, you could say he is who he says he is and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. you got to understand, faith is something that's really significant. You can't please God without Trusting him, you can't follow Jesus without faith and taking a risk. You can't really make it through life without some kind of conviction and faith. Trusting God when you don't quite understand. Believing that God will make it right. Dreaming for what could be. These are all forms of faith, expressions of faith. But as good as faith is, it is not necessarily the thing that vanquishes fear. Because many times, fear will take over before faith even has a chance to take root faith is often traded for its cheap counterfeit cousin hype sometimes people want to hype it up that's when you you pump yourself up you're like you're like trying to psych yourself up to like face something that you're not quite sure you're ready for i really had to wrestle with this idea when we were like going through this discussion about whether to cancel our public services. It was really challenging. And I kind of wanted to be like, no, I'm full of faith and coronavirus, get behind me, right? Like I, I just wanted, I kind of wanted to bust through it. I wondered if I would be accused of not having enough faith if I canceled. Listen, we're all trying to figure this out. Business leaders, are trying to figure it out organization city government all of us are wondering what the right next steps are what the wrong steps are you see sometimes faith is misunderstood sometimes it's replaced by stubbornness or ignorance or even foolishness and so we have to be careful but fear fear has a way of subtly undercutting faith it Weakens our trust. We even end up faking belief sometimes. No, faith is not the opposite of fear. I want to submit to you today that facts don't always destroy fear. There is only one way that fear can be convincingly, finally, and ultimately overcome. The answer is Love. Love is the only thing that has the ability 100% of the time to get rid of fear. Love is this idea in the scriptures. 1 John four eighteen. the apostle John says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. I want you to see this, that this idea of perfect love casting out all fear, love is the thing that eradicates fear. And it's not just just the perfect love of God that rids us of fear. I used to think that the perfect love meant that it's God's love. And as I studied this passage, I realized that's not what defines the perfect love, even though his love is perfect. I think we could read the context and understand something else. First John 4 19, the next verse says, We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates his brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister, whom they have seen, cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother. And sister, (laughs) what makes God's love perfect is when it is freely shared with others. When it's shared freely with other people. That's what creates, that defines the perfection. It is not just vertical, it is horizontal as well. And when you have vertical love and you have horizontal love, you make a cross. The gospel is revealed the gospel is revealed when we love people around us and share the love of god with them love is a love is not require, require a huge like act of sacrifice sometimes it's just little actions that can mean the most love is a delivery order for the neighbor who can't get her own groceries love is being generous with your time and maybe maybe your finances when the world screams you should stockpile for yourself love is offering your own toilet paper to your neighbor who didn't get to the store in time. Love can be simple and yet profound. This is what Jesus affirmed when he asked, was asked, what is the greatest commandment? Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. And these commands are symbiotic, they are synonymous, they are inextricably linked. And this is our time, church, to live that out. This is our cultural moment to say yes to what he's calling us to do. Final scripture for today, 1 John 4, 11 and 12, just up above the passage where we're reading. It says, dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. And then I love this, one of my favorite verses in the Bible says, no one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us and His love is made complete in us. It's so powerful. The picture that people get to see of God is through you and me. This is it. We can be the picture, the illustration of God's love to people during this season. If we love each other, God will reveal Himself. Don't give up loving one another as a church don't 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 bring yourself react in a reactionary mode to to isolate and close down reach out this is who we are this is who we are called to be as god's people this is what god wants for us be the love of god to others and watch fear be driven away be the love of God to others, and watch fear be driven away. Over the next several weeks, you and I, are, we're, gonna, we're gonna be faced with many decisions here about who we really are as God's people. We don't know how this thing's gonna really unfold. But in this moment of uncertainty, I believe we're rise, we will rise as God's people. We'll rise up to his calling. We won't shrink back. Let's be the church, and let's be what God's called us to be in our community and watch him make himself known. It's going to happen and I'm excited about it. I want you to just join me in praying together. Just a final prayer as you're there in the living room or in the kitchen or wherever you're watching this and you're joining me. I want to invite you to pray with me. Maybe pray in a way that releases some of the selfishness and foolishness maybe pray in a way that anxiety is overcome by peace let go of it and let God fill you with his mercy and his grace and his truth so father we come to you now together in our houses and small gatherings all across this region we ask you to help us Lord we look to you because we need your intervention We ask you to forgive us for our selfishness, for our stockpiling, for disregarding your love for us and the way you want it to flow through our lives. Lord, we don't want to ignore those around us. Forgive us for not loving you enough to let it spill out over into others. Lord, let it flow through our lives. We repent, we turn away from our isolation, we turn away from our anxiety, We turn away from trying to deal with fear in any other way except your love. And we choose to let that love begin to change the way we treat others. Fill us with the love of God in Christ who gave his life for us. Fill us with the perfect love that casts out fear. Lord, I pray that we would lift up our eyes, that we would truly be filled with courage and compassion in our time, in these moments that we have to truly be filled with grace, to truly be filled with you so that our world around us will see who you truly are. We refuse to be paralyzed by the fear, but to love each other and be moved to action that will drive away fear. We thank you for this. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Now listen. If you are somehow watching this, you've never filled out a connection card, make sure you do that online right there, and we want everybody to have somebody. So you can respond right there where you are um, on Facebook Live or even uh, at onechapel.com if that's where you're watching. You can respond to us, and we'll reach it back out to you and make sure that you are included, that we want everyone to have someone to walk with them on this journey of faith. And so uh, don't just just go on your way. Make sure that you connect with us. We want to walk with you. The last thing that I want us to do together is pray a final prayer of blessing to the people around us and the world that we're living in, right? It's the priestly prayer. And I want you to say it with me as we finish our time together here. Come on, will you join me? The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Go in peace. You're dismissed.
1: Have a great Sunday.